Hey there, welcome. Oh, I'm Chris. Got Craig with me. Craig, how are you? Doing pretty well. How are you, Chris? Craig is off this week. I always like to say, like, you know, we're this big that she's on assignment or, you know, but no, no, Lord, just took a week off. What about that? Um, so Craig and I are going to soldier on, and we're soldiering on with the limo. Um, interesting episode, a lot different than last week's. The but I still thought I had good moments. I don't know, Craig. Let's talk about this episode. To me, I haven't quite figured out where it would land on my rank. If Seinfeld ever came back, which it probably won't, like has ever rebooted Seinfeld and read it old. I think this might be the one that could easily be, <laughs> of course, what we have in 2022. I mean, like, there's some time, like, I'm like, oh, man, they could never do this in 2022. I mean, good night. Relevant to 2022 than even was when it first came out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they could do an episode like this in in twenty one, you know, twenty twenty two. I mean, I, I don't know that I find it ultra offensive. I mean, I think primarily I, not offensive the, at all. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is just with all the crazy and all the weird groups out there. I mean, I remember when I first watched this. I'm like, wow, is that mainstream? Is there groups out there that like the Nazis and Aryans? And what I'm saying is today, there's a lot more of that. I mean, this show is probably more relevant that came out in probably came yeah. out in the nineties. Yeah, but it's also you know what though there have been other shows that have sort of um, roasted some of these organizations and groups. I know South Park has done some things making fun mm -hmm. of. You know, there's been movies that have made fun of you know like the KKK. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if people are gun shy about, you know, putting this out there, you know, in the, in the idea that maybe people might take it the wrong way and, and maybe do something about it. I, I think you, you still get that. And, you know, in this case, I think it was, a, you know, a really fun kind of ahead of its time in some way episode. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I, the episode started, you know, Jerry... George was trying to get home from the airport. It looked like they were looking for a taxi, which I'm assuming what they would normally do. Um, but they found the limo. Well, George George was picking Jerry up, but then his car broke down. Oh, okay. So they were looking for either... Well, they were kind of figuring it out. They were trying to figure out how to get home. And, you know, they, they kind of go back and forth about, well, my car broke down. And Jerry's like, well, you're my ride. And George is like, well, it's broken down. So, you know, they probably could have taken a cab. But they saw the limo people there, the chauffeurs that were picking up people coming out of the airport. Which, you know, I've got to say, I've only been at the airport. I've only flown once in my life. But I've never really seen that. Like where people stand there with a sign. Yeah, getting ready to pick people up. Maybe that maybe that happens in in big airports or whatever. But or maybe it just was one of those times where I didn't see it. But got to admit, I've never seen that before. So I've always wondered how true that really is. But at any anyway, um, you know, 
they decide, well, let's just take this uh, O'Brien limo. He's available, you know, and, and Jerry kind of heard, you know, that O'Brien was stranded in Chicago. So why not just take advantage of it? And they did. I wonder if, and like you, I haven't recently, and I'm sure after COVID, everything is different. But I'm kind of wondering, what would that look like today? Because obviously you can't. O'Brien, and anybody could go and say, hey, I'm O'Brien, so you, you go with somebody. Yeah. A little bit more security now, right? Maybe? I would think so, and I would I would think that, if, especially if you didn't know who O'Brien was, in this case, Jerry was acting as O'Brien, I would, have, I would guess that they'd probably be like, well, let me see some, you know, proof that you're O'Brien. Whereas in, instead of just, you know, back then, probably taking someone at their word was good enough, I suppose. Yeah, I was every day because we were talking about having map, maps on our phone to get somewhere. Live. Yeah. What was life like before that? And I, I, I'm sure now, you know, it was in 2022, they'd be, you know, looking for a Lyft or Uber or something. On your apps, you can compare the apps, and you're like, oh, I'm the guy who ordered the... Uh, you wouldn't have that, which is great. Yeah. Well, what a world we live in, Craig. <laughs> Life sucks, are you in good shape? Yeah. Well, that's true, I mean, because, like, it, you know, and then you can't... If you get stranded, you can't text someone, you know? You can't... Yeah. You can't just easily text a person if you're Jerry or George or... You know, whatever. So, yeah, you, you kind of are, are at the mercy of of the situation at hand. And, you know, thankfully the, for them, it kind of worked out. But then it kind of didn't work out because they got into the, the, the one limo that they probably should have avoided. Long time ago, won a couple tickets to Ohio State-Michigan game. It's right after the time cell phones became more popular and more people had them. And my brother, and we're out getting food, you know, in the concourse, you know, during the got separated. And for a while, I thought he's gone. Like, you know, I, I didn't know how to find him. There's just, like you said, text or call. Man, it, it's a different world, dude. Very but, much so, you yeah. know. I'm glad. I mean, I'm sure cell phones aren't always the best thing for you, but that's good. So, yeah, yeah this episode may have lasted five minutes. Jerry or George had iPhone that he could have dialed in. So, uh, they, they thought it was in the van. They would say they were O'Brien. You know, they got into. And, you know, at start, nothing seemed unusual. I mean, people take limo, enjoyed the ride. But then things started getting suspicious when, you know, a different corner of New York than they thought they were going to. And, uh, got more interesting. Um, I, I will say I don't think Jerry and George handled it correctly because, yeah, there's a partition between the them and the yeah. That'd be cool. You got to act like you've been there. And they were very giddy, like little school girls. <laughs> you know, they I think there was a misunderstanding and they thought they were getting Nick feeling and everything. They called Elaine and they called Kramer and it was like, yay! Yeah. I'm sitting here like, you know, if the driver can hear you, the driver could probably easily figure out you're not. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it, it they 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 kind of got a little. I think they got more excited when they thought they were going to you know the Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game. Yeah, who they believed were playing the Bulls. Now I don't know that if that game was actually being played or not, or they just thought that's what was happening because they knew it was coming up on the schedule because they were going in that direction. But it wasn't for the uh, for the game that they thought they were going to be right. singing. Um, and of course, you know, they being nice, they have four four passes or whatever. So they bring, they call a lane and get Kramer on board. So they want to have a you know a four person uh, outing together. What a big night in New York City! And the Bulls are in town. Michael Jordan, I'm assuming Pippen was, and he got a Nazi rally right next door. I mean, you know, strange. Yeah. I mean, I Nazis for any reason, but if you're Nazis, you're trying to hold a rally. Probably not next door. It's probably a good option. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it makes, that's what makes me wonder if if the game is actually happening, and maybe they just mixed up the nights or something. I don't. Maybe they didn't, and it just happened to be at the same place at the same time. But yeah, it seems like a little a little odd that you might double book, I guess, that area for you know a big event like that, and then of course this gathering out in the public. I don't know that you'd do that in such a busy area, I think you would yeah. maybe do it in like park or something like central park or something. I don't know. Maybe you can't do stuff like that, <laughs> but you know, it's a public place. So you we, can, we, we can headline the episode. Chris and Craig try to figure out better places for Nazis. Right. You, right. Yeah. We might get some clicks, probably not for the Seinfeld. Reason, no, but, no, yeah. I doubt it, but oh, yeah, so kind of a strange, uh, you know, to have a rally downtown like that, but uh, you know, freedom of speech you're allowed to, <laughs> to gather and uh that's what they decided to do that night yeah and i think it was the same night because there was a big pro pretty out of control protest you know i've seen protests yeah. you know here in 2020 there's a lot you know there's been some bigger protests but not protests outside madison square garden my goodness <laughs> there were Right, they're up. So, um, you know, interesting. Jerry invites down. The assumption was with passes, uh, you know, they were going to go. Uh, it was funny. Usually, Kramer really doesn't understand what's going on. Jerry's not a Nazi, but okay. Kramer almost had it. Where usually Kramer's crazy things yeah. about pig man and everything. I, I mean, Kramer almost called what's going on, not the whole way, but yeah. Kramer's kind of the smart one this episode. Yeah, he was. Uh, usually he's oblivious to the world and, you know, doesn't really put a lot of things together. And But then he gets this bright idea that Jerry must be living this double life, which is yes. obviously <laughs> stupid because Jerry would not do that. But, you know, at the same time, Kramer was like, I wouldn't say gullible to it, but just kind of impressionable maybe like he could you could impress upon him your you know certain characteristics and then that would make him think a certain way and and here he he kind of believes that because jerry's so neat and tidy at home yes it it makes sense that he could be you know have this double life or whatever which is obviously ridiculous but it, it kind of makes for you know some fun kramer moments too though as he's trying to talk to elaine and you know, he's talking her into it as well. Like that he believe what, you know, this is what is possibly true. 
Yeah, he got the limo right. Probably after that, he didn't get. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good line. Like, I, I never thought of the stereotype of she's being tidy. Like, I'm not sure. If I, I mean, in too many Aryans, but I'm not sure if they're all tidy or not. Do you know? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was just like the the structured life and. You know, like, you know, well, because, you know, you have, there there are some, like, turn, you know, phrases where people will say, you know, and I think even Elaine's even used this, uh, or one of one of Elaine's friends might have used it in an episode where, um, oh, no, it was actually uh, Sidra from the the Implant episode where she was, th- she was saying that Jerry would have made a great Nazi because of how neat and tidy everything was and how he was so structured and things. So it, it kind of was a, a nice uh, callback to this episode here. That's mm-hmm. a future episode, one of my favorite episodes, in fact. Um, and, of course, Elaine laughs, you know, at the absurdity of it because she, of course, knows Jerry, but then she also knows Jerry's Jewish, which would yeah. make sense for him to be a Nazi. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a nice callback to this episode when you didn't even realize it until I just was talking about it off the tip of my tongue, and I'm thinking, that's a good callback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was the whole Kramer thing was good. Um, you know, they pick up Kramer in the lane. Couldn't recall the names of the um, Aryan help, the, the woman and the man that were in the car with them. They didn't seem... O'Brien, the leader of the Aryan Nation, apparently didn't wasn't pictured, so yeah, it would look like. So I guess that's how that ruse been kept up. Uh, but it was other giveaways where the two Aryans should realize George and um, you know weren't who they said they were. Yeah. Well, yeah, and especially, too, when he's like, well, you don't look like a Murphy. And then he's like, well, you know, I'm a, you know, I moved here when I was in high school or 18 or whatever. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, um, it probably, any normal person probably would have caught on to this ruse. But, um, you know, for the sake of TV, we, we were allowed to kind of go for a little bit of a ride here. So, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it was fun, the, the banter back and forth and, of course, George's uh, new love, you know, love, love interest in Eva, who was just obsessed with the Aryan leader in the book and the manifesto. And George, being George, started kind of playing to that because he wanted to be with this woman. So, yeah. you know, George, George kind of showing that he would do anything to be with a, a beautiful woman, right? George, I mean, you know, George is interested in the fact that she's a Nazi. Hey, can work with that. I mean, he's not, you know, you never say he was into the Nazis, but hey, yeah. you know, what were you going to do, George was saying, yeah. which was really, really fun. Yeah. What else was there with this episode? Um, a little off topic, but I, I, you know, we talked, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe two, three months ago when we talked about the Chinese. One of the appealing things about the Chinese restaurant was it was in one venue. And uh, with this episode, there wasn't really that many venues there. I mean, you know, and you had the car. Now, obviously, the car is moving for town, but it it was interesting. 
Yeah. Maybe this episode just should just get more credit saying you don't see that anymore. Yeah. TV shows or of movies. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the unique things about Seinfeld is that they've somehow, especially even now, we're, you know, as we're watching it live and not even thinking about it from the we've seen all the episodes in every season, but one of the one of the unique and creative ways that they've, you know, really put this out there is, you know, they have multiple episodes that take place in one location the subway the chinese restaurant the parking garage you know they're they're not afraid to limit their set to tell a story and in some ways maybe it enhances it you know i mean you would never think that you could come up with a funny episode about a parking garage or a chinese restaurant or here you have the airport, the city street where Kramer and Elaine are in the in the in the, the uh, limo, and that's it. You know, I mean, they've they've gotten very creative and they've really shown an ability to make something work, sort of in spite of itself. You wouldn't think that something would work so well, and it does. And I think that's kudos to the acting and kudos to the writing for being able to kind of put this all together and make it interesting and make it funny in those small settings. Yeah, and I think I agree with you because I think it makes it more memorable. I mean, more memorable because of that, um, you know, the limo, too. Uh, another thing, um, I, I saw a movie of the weekend. It's, I'm not sure. Um, Good Luck, Leo Grand or Grande. I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, I saw it. It was interesting. Uh, Emma Thompson and a younger man in it, but it was a to our movie, it's streaming on the Hulu. It's in one hotel room, nine percent of the film, and then like there's a five minute segment. We call it like a cafe in the hotel, but it's in two places. And Emma Thompson and the man or the main characters. There was one clerk that gave him a coffee. She had one line at the beginning, and then they had a female clerk at the end that talked to them for two minutes and that was it i mean there was two main characters there was a character was on screen for five minutes and there was a character was on screen for five seconds and i think it was filmed in the midst of covid so maybe that kind of said hey let's strip this down make it very simplistic but it was very memorable just because of that and he explored the relationship between this man and woman but but the thing that made me think of is you know, we look at all these other movies where there's a hundred different scenes and a million different characters. Right. The strip it down to two main characters was impressive. And yeah. even if you look at this, I mean, you had the big four and you had the man, woman playing the Aryans in this one. You know, you had six characters yeah. and yeah, that, that was yeah, it. I mean, it, it and well, I think another thing too, and especially. You know, Seinfeld's probably the perfect show for something like this, where you have episodes that are set in a limo or set in a parking garage. But it also probably helps, too, because the fewer sets you have, the less cost you're going to have as a movie or TV production. And I kind of wonder if that went into some of Seinfeld's thoughts at some point, you know, thinking, well, you know, we have this show and we've been greenlit with the pilot. But we don't have a lot of money. We're not going to be able to just go all over the place in New York City. So we're going to have to get creative, and, and maybe one creative way of doing that is to 
well, let's just have an episode where all they do is just walk around a parking a parking garage yeah. and Kramer's holding a, a big air conditioner or sitting in a, a Chinese restaurant. And, you know, it's funny because New York is often imitated and, and you know, put in, in, in film and television. And there's a lot of times where it really doesn't feel like part of the, the story. And even though you don't get a, a ton of cityscape shots and aerial shots and things like that, you kind of still feel like Seinfeld allowed it to become a character in its universe, whether it's the cafe, whether mm. it's the subway episode, you know, Yankee Stadium where George was working in later seasons. It just it made it feel more like a character than you probably thought it would, given the fact that it really wasn't some you know, twists and turns in New York City, you know, like a lot of TV and, and, you know, like a Law and Order SVU does or whatever, where places become parts of the story. And here it really is the same way, just in a smaller scale, but really in a, a, a more memorable scale to some degree, too. I got to go back to New York to visit. I, I can't remember, maybe I never even told you this. I spent a week in there covering, there's a, Little boy, a real small paper worked for that uh, was dying. He wanted to do a last wish trip to New York. There was an extra seat on the plane, and so I offered to go. I went and wrote stories of the weekend there. And so many good memories in New York. I'm not sure if everyone lived there, but driving by places was great. Uh, we drove by Madison Square Garden, but it was a dark, rainy night, and it was hard to see anything. But, man, I want to go back there. It, it just... Yeah. Sometimes when you watch Seinfeld, you, you kind of think about some of that stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and funny enough, too, uh, you know, this episode, uh, Susan Snyder, who plays Eva, the the Aryan woman who's obsessed mm-hmm. with George, actually two seasons from now comes back and plays a love interest of Jerry's in the Pie episode. Oh, okay. So she, is not, she is not the Aryan race supporter um, like she is here in this episode, but she does come back, so they must have liked her enough to – to bring her back as one of Jerry's love interests in a future uh, episode. I think there should have been a rule. If you bring her back for continuity stake, you got to tie <laughs> the stories together. You know, she's got to be like, I was Aryan and, uh, you know, I, and that yeah. was weird. So I, I now a Democrat or Republican or whatever, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I like the idea, but I wonder if even back then people know said, say, Hey, wasn't she on a different character? I guess it wouldn't be the first time that Jerry's dated someone like right. that. You remember Deborah Messing's character um, yep. was anti-Semitic in the one episode. Yes. Um, now, granted, he did break up with her, uh, right. or at least gave you one of those faces like the, the breakup was coming. But uh, I guess, you know, and like we talked about with George, you know, George was uh, maybe willing to put some of that aside to, uh, you know, to get with Eva in this episode. So, Well, if you I think did, of it, yeah. oh, I- Sorry, I was just going to say, if you think of it, you know, Jerry being Jewish and, you know, Larry David being Jewish, a lot of connections there. So I can see a humor coming up. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, I mean, otherwise, I just think it's a good episode, you know. I thought, um, you know, maybe maybe I I remembered it better than what it was, but I still like the episode. And, you know, I I still think it's, it's definitely, for me, probably in the top half of my Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you know, maybe top 50-ish or so at least, maybe even higher. You know, I'm, it's it's probably hard to just go and rank all these episodes because one day you might 
love an episode and the next day you might watch another one and think, oh, I like that better than I, I remembered. So, but this is a, this is a pretty good episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I like how we do it. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess we could take 10 podcasts and really break it down and rank them. But as you said, you know what I mean? If my number one now would be different five years from now, I'm sure. So yeah, I mean, I think we're okay. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Oh, the other thing, and this is a small part. The guy seemed to like Elaine. I thought it was funny. They met outside Madison Square Garden. I wish well, she was waiting for Jerry and some friend. I think he kind of liked her. And it was funny because he was there to protest the Aryans and the yeah. outcoming. And it ended up with Elaine was in the car with Jerry and George. And, you know, Elaine looks back. Hey, how you doing? You know, which is would be incredibly <laughs> awkward. Right. I, yeah, absolutely. So the, yeah, this was a pretty good episode for even though Elaine and, and Kramer, it didn't really seem like they had a lot to do. It did seem like they had stuff to do though, you know, like where, what even if they were just talking yeah. on the sidewalk, you know, Kramer was like explaining explaining to her why going to this basketball game was gonna be fun to see Michael Jordan and then he tries to dunk, you know, do a three sixty dunk into the trash. You know, I yeah. just I don't know. I mean, you know, even though they, it didn't seem like they had a lot to do this episode, they, what they did was pretty fun though. And Kramer, you know, Kramer's conspiracy theory that Jerry might be the Aryan leader in in living this double life. Although it was totally absurd. It was so funny because the way Kramer commits to it, it's, it's the idea that Michael Richards is committing to this, this lie or this Mm -hmm. terrible absurdity and, and yeah. you believe that Kramer believes this because Kramer's connecting the dots as it's happening. And I think we've all been there before where we've like tried to connect the dots on something and, you know, one dot connects to the next and we think to ourselves, this is the way it is. And then we realize it may not be, but, you know, Kramer's believability of it, like the idea that he actually thinks that this is true because he's putting things together and he's building this puzzle and it just gives him that aha moment. And he realizes that Jerry may be living this double life, even though it's completely absurd. Yeah, I would classify it as absurdity. I think in some ways Kramer really believes it. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kramer's trying to put two and two together, and I think he always wants to come with a big idea. So, yeah, right. yeah obviously very absurd, but I think, you know, Kramer kind of bought in. It yeah, there's, there's a little bit of truth to Kramer. Like, even though it's yeah. not true and we all know it's not true. But in his mind, he believes it because he's thinking as everything starts to add up to him, it's adding up to this conclusion that he, he didn't ever he didn't ever have. But it just all of a sudden manifests and it just gives him that moment of, of clarity that he believes is completely true. I think if Kramer's character was active like in 2022 and they're taking on conspiracy theories and everything, I, I think Kramer would believe him. For very different reasons. Like, Kramer would just be like, oh, yeah, that could be true. You know, when everyone else is like, you know, they would think it's crazy or they tried to stretch the truth to yeah. uh, achieve their own personal interests. I think Kramer would actually be like, well, you know, I can understand that happening, you know. Right. It makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. And Kramer's like, I, it's not that he's gullible. It's just, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to explain Kramer sometimes you know, in, a, in that way, but... It's like he's a, a, a smart person, but he also can be gullible in some ways, but in a in a in a not so bad way, but maybe sometimes in a 
semi-dangerous way, though, too. Yeah, I, I think it's very... He's likably gullible, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about next week. Um, Good Samaritan. Uh, Jerry yeah. tracks down the hit-and-run driver, but the tractor and starts to date her, and George skips down to escape an irate husband. So should be good. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? Uh, are you, uh, when are you talking to Bob? Uh, are you pretty to yeah, I'm going to be talking to Bob tomorrow morning. So okay, yeah, I got I got to clear out a couple old episodes for you, so you can't talk to. Um, we've reached our storage limit, Craig. So yeah. I'll fix that for you tonight. Um, great, and then tonight, and I'll tell you, Craig, and, and this really isn't a bad thing. Uh, we're, we're doing my Exeter recording. We're also recording our Steelers podcast. I don't know what we're talking about yet, which could be very good or very bad. Uh, just haven't had a chance to take a look, but we always pick some uh, fun stories to talk about. Uh, let me quickly um, <laughs> look at my notes from last week. Uh, let me quickly pr- promo what we did last week on etc. Yeah, last week we talked about Netflix. Um, the uh, they're actually going to make a real life Netflix, and kind of silly because part of the well, the Squid Game on Netflix, um, and you know, kind of a silly concept because it's a very dark show. But kind of the appeal of it is, whoa, there's a TV show where people could die. Well, if you're just playing a game, and obviously nobody's going to die in the reality show, it's almost like playing poker for no money. You can still play it. It's still a somewhat enjoyable game, but the danger is you lose your money or you lose your life in the show. So we talked about uh, that show, if we would go on it, and we, we tried to figure out who should go on Netflix, uh, Squid Game reality show, if there was allowed to be death. So we tried to figure out who should die. Um, and, you know, Paul felt weird because Paul's a pastor and he's online talking about death. But he said, well, maybe rough him up a little bit. You know, not, yeah. Or I thought, you know, there's 456 people in the squid game. Pick your hardened criminals at death penalties, you know. And, yeah. You know, you, and, and Paul said, well, what about po- po- throwing a random person? I'm like, Paul, you, you, Paul's got some issues. Right? But it makes it fun. <laughs> I enjoy Paul's issues. It just makes for a funner podcast. Uh, we also talked about the doctor who is warning people about not peeing in the shower. Like, you shouldn't pee in the shower. The reason why the doctor is saying that is you can change your mind where every time you hear flowing water, you have to go pee. Because, you know, in the shower, obviously, water's coming down. So so we talked about the fallacy of that. And then also, too, Craig, you've got guests on this show. These shows kind of get weird sometimes. This doctor, and we spent a while talking about this, She's got the best title ever. She specializes in pelvic health and incontinence. So we were talking about, like, in medical school. You go to medical school, probably your second or third day, they're like, hey, what do you want to specialize in? Did she win or did she lose? Like, did they have a board with all the stuff you could specialize in? And maybe she had the last pick, and the last pick was (laughs) pelvic health and incontinence. She's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that, but I want to be a doctor. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
Public Health and Incontinence doesn't seem to be a, like a, it would be my first choice of stuff I want to focus on if I'm, if I'm a doctor, right? Right. Well, yeah, but you know what, though? If you master it, you, you're always going to have work, and you're probably going to be able to make a lot of money doing it, I would imagine, too. Well, and the other thing, too, is, and you know, we've talked about this um, for a YouTube show. We did a segment on Laura Farms and how farmers are getting more into YouTube and stuff. Well, these doctors that are in the story have huge TikTok followings, and they're not just dancing. I don't even know if they're dancing at all. They're just talking about pelvic health and incontinence. Maybe that's what we should talk about, Craig. I think we've. <laughs> man, why are we talking about pop pop culture? I know it's better than news, but maybe yeah, we should talk about well, pelvic health and incontinence. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, and then the other thing we talked about was um, the wedding chapel in Long Island. Um, it's coming out of Vegas. I mean, you think wedding chapel only in Vegas? They're in Long Island, New York now. And we gave wedding stories, and we we all wish we would ever do it differently. Me, Paul, and Joe. We're happy with the wives that we married, but we, we talked about how we should have did our wedding differently. So we're, we're all still married, so it proves that our wives don't listen to the podcast, which probably is a better thing anyway. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, so check out Craig and Bob. Uh, they'll record that tomorrow. Uh, it'll come out shortly after that. And then check out Exeteras as I go upstairs and try to figure out what we're going to talk about tonight. Anything else, Craig, you want to promote or... No, no, I don't think so. Say or what? <laughs> uh, very good. Well, um, yeah, I was thinking about this. Yeah, also support local journalism. Uh, we're going to try, and I'll do this for Clarksville too, do subscription links where if you want to support Craig and I's newspapers, yeah. do that. Yeah, it's another way you can support the show because no one's writing us million dollar checks. So, Craig, yeah. we got to give. We gotta give people other ways of supporting the show because yeah, they think it's yeah. either a million bucks or nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, for Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Seinfeld program. Laura should be back next week. And have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book Hope Interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.